0: Could you just take a moment and lift your hands all over this place? It's a sign of surrender. What are we surrendering to? We're surrendering to the greatest God, the God of the universe. (laughs) Mm. The God that fills all time and space fills this room right now. And as we say every week, if God's presence is here, his power is here and he can do anything right now in fact he can do anything but fail you so whatever need that you have could you just whisper it to jesus right now come on right now all over this place whatever the need is encouragement strength financial relational whatever it is we thank you lord we thank you for meeting us right now in jesus name now could you just raise your voice with a shout and say thank you come on all over this house thank you lord for your presence your power your might i know pastor said this many times i want to say it again we'd never want to take for granted that god's in this place there's many people in north america that are doing church the presence of god that is not in that room and they don't even know the difference But let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen, we know the difference. I said we know the difference. The power of God is in this place. Thank you, worship team. Thank you, pastor. Thank you for trusting me with the pulpit. I do believe that I have a word for us today. This won't be the most elegant message you've ever heard preached, but I promise you it may probably be one of the most important ones that you've heard preached. So I turn your attention to 2 Corinthians 5 section of scripture we'll read is from 17 to 21 Again we greet all of our first-time guests if you're here we've never met you we'd love to meet you after service we'd love to get to know you we'd love for you to take the next step with us because we believe that God is doing great things in De Quincey amen we believe that God is doing great things at TPC Martin Luther I don't know if you've heard of that guy but He's, uh, he's been, He was around a long time ago. He's the guy that started, helped start the Reformation. He said this, and I love this quote. The gospel is also the principal article of all Christian doctrine, wherein the knowledge of all godliness consisteth of. Most necessary it is, therefore, that we should know this article well, talking about the gospel. Teach it unto others. And I love this part. This is just preacher humor. And beat it into their heads continually. Now I didn't come to beat on your head today. But I came to preach the gospel to you so clear. That all of us are without excuse. And all of the rest of us will learn how to preach it to ourselves. Turn around and look at your neighbor and say. Sometimes you just got to preach to yourself. Therefore if anyone is in Christ. He is a new creation. Shout that out. He is a new creation. Old things have passed. Notice the tense here. It's already done. Everybody say past. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is that God was in Christ reconciling. Everybody say reconciling the world to himself not imputing their trespasses to them and has committed to us the word of reconciliations now then we are ambassadors everybody shout that we are ambassadors for who for christ as though god were pleading through us we implore you i'm imploring you this morning on christ's behalf he reconciled to god now my favorite scripture almost in the entire bible For he made him who, Jesus, who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. I want to talk to you this moment for a few minutes. Hopefully, I may not finish this, but I just want to share what the Lord has deposited in my spirit. New creation living now. Look at your neighbor and say, you're a new creature Come on, look at them. Say it with conviction. You're a new creature. If you're in Christ, you're a new creature now. Now. We're not waiting for the future. It's now. Look at them and say it's now. Lord, speak to us right now through the power of your word as only you can. Give us your thoughts, your words. Lord, let it come forth and let us receive your word the seed of that word today and let it do its work in Jesus name if you're thankful for the promise of new creation could you put your hands together as you're seated today hallelujah only if a person is in Christ in Christ if I say in Christ do they have access to this new creation reality Only when a person is born again are they created anew in Christ. What does this mean, David? This means that through the power of the gospel, what is the gospel? 1 Corinthians 15, Paul wrote to the Corinthians and he said, Brethren, I want to remind you of the life, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, which is the gospel. We are now belonging, in a sense, to a future, and yet here and now hope the microcosm of a new heaven everybody say a new heaven and a new earth an existence where everything has become new ladies and gentlemen the holy ghost on the inside of us bears witness to the power of god's presence in the earth realm let me say that again the holy ghost if you've got the holy ghost how many of you got the holy ghost today how many can testify you got the holy ghost in fire As the Bible said, come on, I I need some testimony here. How many of you got the Holy Ghost in fire? If you've got the Holy Ghost down on the inside of you, uh, you've got the presence of heaven ruling and reigning in this earth realm. The identity of being in Christ sums up briefly and yet profoundly the inexhaustible significance of man's redemption. This identity speaks of profound reality that Jesus Christ, God in flesh, came. and In his own body, he bore the judgment of God that was against our sins. But it also speaks to us of an assurance of a future. A future in the glory of God because of his resurrection. It speaks to us of an inheritance. How many of you are thankful for a divine inheritance? How oh do we have a divine inheritance? Paul says we are joint heirs with Christ. It speaks of partaking in a divine nature who is the everlasting word of God. The Logos of God in, uh, in flesh. It speaks of knowing the truth and being free in that truth. Because Jesus Christ himself. uh, is the embodiment of this truth Uh, no wonder the apostle Paul describes it in terms uh, of a new creation everybody shout that with me a new creation now look at your other neighbor and say he's gonna say that a lot today so get ready redemption in christ is nothing less than the fulfillment of god's eternal purposes in creation right now so radical it is in its effects it is justly called a new creation so as we look at these five verses there are five things if we get to them today that i want you to see number one if we are in christ uh, we are a new creation now shout now we must understand that the apostle paul is saying to us uh, we're not waiting for eternity Uh, i'm not just waiting for a new heaven uh, and a new earth that exists in the future Uh, i'm thankful for that promise ladies and gentlemen Uh, i'm thankful that there's an eternity uh, that god has granted me access to Uh, but i'm not going to sit here uh, and wait to do what God's called me to do Uh, I'm not sitting here uh, just waiting to escape from this world Uh, why? because I am a new creation uh, in Christ Jesus right now too many people who call themselves believers believe that we're just holding on for something to come. We're holding the fort. We're holding down the fort. But we forget about through Jesus Christ, he has saved us to live a life of new creation right now. If we turn our Christianity into simply the hope for a pie in the sky when you die and escape spirituality from this present world, you turn Turn your back on the power of a resurrected life right now. But since Jesus has been bodily raised from the grave, the power of his resurrection inaugurated a kingdom, a kingdom that is right now. It's not coming. It's here right now. The kingdom of God is here. He says what? The old things have passed away. And because of that, all things have become what? New. Everybody shout new i understand that we're living in the tension of already and not yet i understand that we're living as eternal beings in a fleshly existence Uh, i understand that we're living in this very spiritual uh, climate uh, and we see those things that are going on uh, in this world Uh, but ladies and gentlemen i'm trying to remind you on this sunday morning uh, no matter what you see going on in this world uh, remember that god just did not leave you here uh, to sit on a pew Uh, god did not leave you here uh, Like a bunch of people waiting in a train station uh, for God to show up. Uh, No, God left you here on purpose. uh, And he left you here uh, with a kingdom purpose. Uh, You're a new creation living being uh, right now. All the old things of my life, all the old ways of my thinking, all the old ways of my speaking, in an ungenerated way, my old way of living, my old nature has passed away through Christ Jesus. Paul would say it to this way, to the Romans. He said, your old nature is that edamon nature, that Adam nature, that understanding from creation nature. How powerful is our sinful nature. We were spiritually dead. I said we were spiritually dead. I don't know if you've been to a funeral lately, but when you go there and you pass beside that casket, there's nothing happening with that person that's in that casket. Why? Because they're dead. They cannot help themselves. And Paul says we were spiritually dead. In other words, we were slaves to this world. We were slaves to the devil. We were slaves to our passion. And we were ultimately objects of God's wrath. Under the dominion of sin, it was impossible for me to obey God. Under the guilt of sin, it was impossible for me to please God. But through my union with Jesus Christ in his death, burial, and resurrection, I have died to both now sin's guilt and I have died to sin's dominion over me. We are now able to obey and to please God. How? Through the power of what God has already done for us. Through his life, his death, his burial, and his resurrection. I don't have an excuse. I now have the power and the authority over the dominion of sin in my life. I can walk in a life of holiness. I can walk in a life of obedience. I can can walk in a life with the purpose that God has called me to I'm not sitting here waiting for God to do something more no we just sung it this morning if he doesn't do anything else he's done it all at Calvary that should do something to us today it should get us off of our ease and say God I want to live in the kingdom purpose now everybody shout now Paul said this to the Roman believers. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Absolutely not. He said, how shall we who died in sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us who have been baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore, We were buried with him through baptism into death. That just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should all walk in the newness of life. Ladies and gentlemen, we we are baptized in water in the name of Jesus. The name that is above every other name for the payment, for the remission of our sins. We are joining ourselves. We are participating and joining ourselves to a new nature and a creation through the likeness of His death, burial and resurrection. Ladies and gentlemen, that's why you can get up on Monday morning and remind yourself uh, who you are in Christ Jesus. Uh, You may not feel like it in your flesh uh, but we can't go by what. What we feel in our flesh, we've got to go by what we understand in our spirit. In Christ, I've been set free. In Christ, I am a brand new creature. In Christ, I have been delivered. In Christ, I have an eternal promise. It's all in Jesus Christ. We must understand something here. I'm going to get excited. I'm going to promise you I'm getting excited come on, I know you may be waiting for me to preach. I'm already preaching. I'm going to get excited because I want you to be excited. I want you to be excited about the inheritance that you have. I said I want you to be excited about the inheritance that you have. It's a spiritual. Let me tell you, I don't care how bad this world gets. This world can't take what you from you, what God deposited in you. I don't care how dark it gets. I don't care how gloomy it gets. I don't care if the armies march and the missiles fall I don't care about any of that do I care yes I care but in the middle of that darkness you better hold on to what you know and what you know is you have an eternal promise in Christ Jesus it can't be stolen it can't be stripped you can't be taken out of the hand of God you gotta get a hold of this Christ identity you gotta get a hold of this Come on, slap your neighbor and say, get a hold of it. Uh, Come on, hit him in the shoulder and say, get a hold of it. Uh, He's preaching to you. I said, he's preaching to you. The only hope that I have. I said, the only hope that I have in this world is if the resurrection is a true story. Let me say that again. The only hope that I have in this world Is if the resurrection of Jesus is a true story. I don't know if you know this or not, but we actually believe that Jesus in his body was raised from the dead on the third day. We don't believe that's a fairy tale. We don't believe that he was just asleep and just woke up. No, he was dead. And on the third day, God raised him up from the grave. Let me tell you something. If, you do, if we do not believe in the power of that resurrection, then we might as well go home. We have no business being in this space. We have no business telling people that we believe in Jesus. If we, do you know that there is a percentage of people in North America that call themselves Christians and do not believe in the miracle of the resurrection? We must understand something. That salvation is a gift of God. And it's made possible not by my devotion and the success of my sanctification, but the work, the finished work. When he said on the cross, it's finished, he wasn't just talking about his death, he was talking about the completion of redemption. It's finished. The Greek is telesteia. What does that mean? It's completely paid for. What was paid for? Your salvation. My salvation. My eternal hope is in the fact that Jesus Christ has already paid the price for my salvation. So my hope is in his death, his burial, and his resurrection. Death to sin experience. And let me tell you something. It's not on our good works let me say that again i don't want to hammer that too much but it's not on our good works it's not it's definitely not on our good looks (laughs) it's not on how much hair i got on my head no some of you get that later (laughs) it's not on what i'm doing and how good i am it's on his goodness and how great he is So death to sin experienced by the believer is defined as occurring when that believer by baptism is united. We are united. That's why we stress baptism around here so much. Important repentance. Yes, is important. Repentance is when a believer confesses their sins and declares their intentions to turn away from them. And they, but they do not have within themselves the moral strength to permanently keep the commitment. But the removal of sin, the washing away of sin, and sin's power in your life is only made available to the believer when they become one with Jesus Christ. This new creation living empowers us to see ourselves as Christ sees us. And here's something very carefully. It empowers us to see others the way that God sees them. If I'm in Christ Jesus, my old way of thinking must die. Oh, that's just who I am. No, that's a cop-out. Let me say that again. No, that's not just who you are. That's the old, unregenerated you. If I'm in Christ, my old way of thinking must die. If I'm in Christ, the way that I think about people whom I disagree with on Facebook must change. If I'm in Christ, my self-righteous attitude toward other people who don't vote like me I'm going to put this in as a side note. This nation is headed for a a, a horrible division. Okay, I'm not prophesying doom and gloom, but do you listen to me very carefully. This nation, we're more divided than we've ever been before. And you know why? Because we want everybody to hear our voice. And you know what the, the God, you know why God left the church in the world? It's not for everybody to hear our voice. It's for everybody to hear his voice and to be unified. Even when they don't look like me, when they don't talk like me, and when they don't vote like me. uh, The church better rise up with the voice of unity and say, I don't care what you look like. I don't care where you came from. I don't care what language you speak. You are made in the image of God. You're my brother. You're my sister. I don't even care how you vote for. That's between you and God. The church better rise up with a new kingdom understanding. I'm a brand new creature in Christ Jesus. In other words, the fruit of the spirit of God living on the inside of us should produce evidential change. You see, there's no such thing as an undercover Christian. I'm just going to slide in here on Sunday and slide on out and just pretend I'm a good person the rest of the week and nobody really going to know who I am. No everybody should know who you are. And you know what? You should even have to put it on your bumper sticker with your fish. They should know. I said they should know. I've been cut off in traffic with people with bumper stickers of fish on their back bumper. I've been cut off with, I've been cut off and, and the bird shot at me with people who have scripture on their bumper. No, that's not your fruit. Well, it is your fruit showing. It's just the wrong fruit, honey. you got to know if the Holy Ghost is on the inside of you. He, I said if the Holy Ghost is on the inside of you, there better be some fruit in my life. There better be some fruit in my life Well, I can't love that person. I know you can't love them by yourself. I know you can't love them in your flesh. But by the power of the Holy Ghost, you can love them. You can have patience with them. You can speak life into them. There should be fruit in our lives. Look at your neighbor and say, "Where's your fruit?" Come on. Where's your fruit? Where's your fruit? Not your banana you had for breakfast. <laughs> Most importantly, if I am in Christ, my view of people who are far from Christ must change. I must see the entirety of this world through the understanding that we were all made in the image of God. This last week, I don't have all the numbers. I meant to share this with Pastor. This last week, missionaries that you, that you helped sponsor in Bangladesh had a three night rally, and it is estimated that over 6,000 people in Bangladesh received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Come on. I said, Come on. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Why? They're made in the image of God. They need to hear the gospel just as much as we need to hear the gospel. And if I believe in the power of what Jesus has done for me, I want everyone that I know to experience what God, have, has God done something for you? How many of you have been delivered from something? I, it could be a church pew. Come on, raise your hand. No, no, keep them up. No, see, some of y'all just undercover. Yeah, mm, that was a long time ago. No, no, look, look, look around the room. You've been delivered from something some of us need to be delivered from Amazon I know I feel my wife's spirit in the back There's the Lord. she's I'm going to turn over here and preach <laughs> come on we've all been delivered from something we got a testimony to tell Cameron I was dead but now I'm alive <laughs> I was a prisoner now I've been set free I was bound in chains. but now I'm walking around through the power of the Holy Ghost I was sick and I was headed to hell I was lost and backslid pastored on a Pentecostal pew but God delivered me by his grace Come on. If that don't excite you, something should rise up within you. Some of you need to remember where God found you. Some of you need to be reminded that God has set you free. Oh, you should jump on your feet right now and shout glory if you've been delivered if you've been set free come on we got a testimony I said we got a testimony I was dead but now I'm alive I was old I was an old way of living but now I'm a new creature that's me that's me. And if that's so, here's my next point. If God's mission is about reconciliation, then my mission should be about reconciliation. The writer of Hebrews says in 12.2, looking unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. But I like this translation better. Looking unto Jesus, the originator and perfecter of our faith. What is he saying? Hear me. You've said me, you've heard me and pastor say this probably a couple dozen times this year. Salvation didn't start with you. Well, I found Jesus back in 1976. No, you didn't find Jesus. Jesus found you. No, no. I said, Jesus found you. Brother Bank it was God and his grace that came looking for you. You didn't go looking for him. (laughs) Well, I stumbled into a church. No, no, no. You didn't stumble in. You were drew in. Nobody comes to the father. (laughs) I said, nobody comes to the father except what the spirit draws them. So salvation from beginning to end is an act of grace. Let me say that again. Salvation from beginning to end is an act of grace. What's being said here? It is God that is at work himself doing the work of reconciliation. In other words, why did Jesus come? He came to save. And I want to clear this up because this is very prominent in a lot of denominal churches. Let Let me clear this up. And we don't have time. Maybe we should have done this on a Wednesday night. There is no such thing as limited atonement. That is a doctrine born out of error. And if you believe that, I'm sorry, I'll give you the scripture for it. No, Jesus died once and for all. So the atonement that was given to us on the cross is for everyone. Not just for a select group of people. For there is one God and one mediator between God and man and the man Christ Jesus. Reconciliation proceeds from God. Because of sin, we are aliens and enemies in our broken relationship with God. In sin, we were committing cosmic treason against God. Here's what I think our challenge is. This is what I think our challenge is. We look at sin like we do uh, 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 laws. And we look at sin like misdemeanors. Felonies, warnings, and death sentence. No, I've come to clear, I want to clear up any misunderstanding. If it's sin, it's sin. <sighs> I don't have time. But let me let me just clear the deck. You and you, you, you and your little sin is no worse or greater than somebody else in their bigger sin. <sighs> All sin does is put me in one place, Brother Williams. It puts me on the death row of eternity. I said all sin puts me on the death row of eternity. So salvation, it doesn't matter degrees of misdemeanors and felonies and all of that thing. No, sin is sin. See, we want to preach about all the other sins except gossip. and the bible says that gossip is just as much as an abomination as everything else that we preach against come on somebody i know i'm preaching good i'm trying to help you I'm not worried about your sin. I'm not trying to focus on your sin. But you'll never appreciate grace if you don't understand the wrath of God that was against your sin. I was a child of wrath. Ephesians 2 says, but God, but God, but God who is rich and his mercy has saved me. Oh, who am I preaching to right now? You're thankful that grace found you where it found you. You're thankful that grace didn't let you go. You're thankful that grace found you on a bar stool, in a prison cell, in a gutter, in a broken home, but grace still found. Me. I said, grace still found me. I said, grace still found me. And if grace found me, I'm a new creation being right now. You want to know how much God hates your sin? Look at the cross. But you want to know how much God loves you? Look at the cross. The only place that God's love could be displayed and God's wrath could be paid for. He's at the cross. Yeah. And so God says, I've come to reconcile you through the work of Jesus Christ. And now, hear me very carefully because I'm not gonna finish with this. Since we've been reconciled, we have been given the ministry of reconciliation. In other words, if there's a broken relationship. I should be the one who is interested in reconciling the relationship more than someone who does not have the identity of Christ. So you have to understand this and I've got to finish, but you have to understand what he's done for us on the cross. You have to understand the scope and the power of what's been given to us I don't have time to get into this word, but the word there is imputing. You remember that word? And some of you thought, well, uh, what's that word? That sounds like a religious word. No, it's the best news you've heard all day. In fact, it's the best news you've heard the rest of your life. It's an old banking term that literally means a ledger. God is keeping a ledger. Are you hearing me? Yes. Come up here, Baron and, and Cameron. Come up here. And I'm finishing because I can't finish this. But I, I you've got to get a hold of this. God is keeping a ledger. And he's got this sheet. And he's not just re- writing down the warnings and the misdemeanors. You got that one to go, right? He's writing it all down. But the Bible says this. He says, but he made him who was perfect, who knew no sin. no sin. He was perfect and pure and holy and righteous. And here's what he did. I'm going to take off my jacket here. And here I am. I'm covered in sin. It's sweaty, but you'll be okay. <laughs> Turn around. Turn around. No, no, Oh, wait, you can you can cover up. Yeah. I'm covered. Are you with me? And I'm standing before God as a as a person who is covered in my sin, and all God can do is see my sin. But Paul says, "No." At the cross, Jesus. Get over here, Cameron. Raise your hands out like you're on the cross. Jesus took all of your sin and the sin of billions of people and he said, no, he said, take it off of their ledger sheet, take it off of their account and put it on mine. No, stay there. Stay there. Said, come up here, bum. Come on, come on. You right here. I'm sorry, sis. I didn't mean to throw you off. Stand over here. You're the Lord. You're God. Okay. Are you getting this? So Jesus on the cross is doing what? He's dying with the death of the sin of billions of people. That's why in the in the garden, the only time you see any weakness in Jesus' flesh is he says, "What, Father? If it's your will, what? Let this cup pass from me." The cup there literally means the wrath of God against the sins of the nations. And the only time you see a weakness in Jesus' is in his flesh is in that moment because he knows as God in flesh, he knows what he's about to do. But here's the thing. Now here is God looking at Jesus. Now Jesus did not become a sinner. I want to clear that up. Okay? He took on my sin All right, but he did not become a sinner, but he didn't stop there. Paul says he literally took the righteousness of Jesus' death through the payment of his death that was paying for my death. And he took the righteousness of Jesus Christ and he came over here and he said, not only am I going to take away your sin, but I'm going to give you the righteousness of Jesus Christ. No, I want you to get a hold. This is the power of the gospel right here. So now when God looks at us, your God, look, you know, just like look, just okay. When God looks at us, Jesus, put your arms back out. This is how Jesus sees us. This is how God sees me. Uh, uh, I wish I had the strength to preach this to you. This is how Jesus sees you now he doesn't see you covered in your sin he sees you covered in the (laughs) he sees you covered in the perfected righteousness of Jesus Christ Somebody's got to get a hold of this. If you're here today and you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, if you're here today and you've never repented of your sins, I've got good news. The gospel is the answer. I said, I've got good news. Jesus is the answer. And I've got good news for the rest of us. We don't, when we get up on Monday, stay there, stay there. We get up on Monday and we feel like we're not very holy. Uh, Maybe I'm the only one. I don't feel very, I don't feel very good pastor by myself. I've had some wrong thoughts, some wrong thought bad about my wife's driving on the way home, back to Texas. I've gotten upset with my son. A little anger spilled out. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm being real now. I don't want to go to work tomorrow because I'm afraid of having to deal with that boss. Not my boss, it's not. But you know what I'm saying. No matter how you feel, Brother Oscar Tamar, no matter how you may feel on Monday, this is how Jesus sees you. He doesn't see you pre Calvary, He sees you as made righteous. If there's one scripture you should memorize this week, it should be 2 Corinthians 5 21. Can you put it back on the screen, Maddie? You should memorize the scripture because I promise you that last part you need to remind yourself over and over and over again. Did I make did I make myself righteous? No. It's finished. It's finished. It's paid for. What are you dealing with right now in your life that feels so incomplete, so broken, so wounded, so helpless? I promise you the answer is in the gospel, the life, the death, the burial. It's in your Christ-given identity of righteousness, not sin. If you're here today in this room and the Spirit of the Lord has spoken to you, moved on your heart, done anything in any way, I want you to make the way your way to the front of this building. Come on, they're going to stand here don't you don't have to lift your hand I know you're tired but I want you to keep this in view. Thank you guys. The gospel is the answer. Come on, keep coming Pack, push in, push in. I'm preaching to somebody here today in the Holy Ghost. I'm going to tell you, it sounds like pie in the sky. It sounds like just a cliche. No, the gospel is the answer to your marriage problems. I'm telling you, the gospel is the answer to your child, your son and daughter who hasn't come home. The gospel is the answer to your addiction. The gospel is your answer to that struggle that you've kept in the dark. Why? Because God wants you to be a new creation right now. And he wants you to walk in the power of the resurrection. Now, i love for as many of you, the rest of you that can join us, join us around the front. We're going to pray. Because we're going to walk out into this week. If you want to walk out into this week... Feeling like God, you are in absolute control. Come on, just join us around the front. I don't even know how to say anymore because I think I've said enough. Come on. Keep coming. Worship team's gonna sing and we're gonna celebrate. We're not begging God, we're thanking Him. <laughs> Thank you. Can you just start there? Thank you for the finished work. Of the cross. Thank you that my identity is in you, Lord. How many of you have been baptized in Jesus' name? Just raise your hand. That's where your identity's at. Your identity's in Christ. Lord, thank you. Stir in me an understanding. Stir in me an understanding that I'm a brand new creation on Monday. Not just when I feel good on Sunday morning and walk out of this door, I'm a resurrected being. Amen. Come on, could we thank the Lord for that right now? I believe that the Lord wants to change your perspective. Thank you, God. Thank you. Come on, I believe the Lord wants to change your perspective. He wants you to see yourself as you've never seen yourself before. Resurrected. A brand new creation. A new creature in Christ Jesus. Lord, I thank you right now. For the work that you're doing in this place, Lord. And I thank you, God, that we need this place. We leave this place today. Being ambassadors of reconciliation, being light in the middle of the darkness. This world needs hope. De Quincy needs hope. Our families need hope. Our jobs need hope, Lord. Let us walk into that place tomorrow, Lord, with the fruit of the Spirit emanating out of our life, God and understanding, God, the work that
1: you've called us to do by your grace.
0: sung it it's worth how many just sung that with them it's worth telling everybody you know you sung that either there before before the message so here's what we've done and i know some of you know this but maybe some of you don't we want to equip you okay we've got cards they're invite cards they're in the back. they're in the south for you they're in the north for you and there's we have thousands okay we printed five thousand on purpose we want you to grab them. Ladies, they'll fit in your purse. Gentlemen, they'll fit in your pocket. I keep mine in my console. It just simply says, this could change your life forever. Thank you, Lauren, for your awesome design. This could change your life forever. How many of you believe one invite for someone could change their life forever? On the back, it tells them when service is, and there's the QR code to go to the website, and they get more information about us. And we encourage them to do that because we would love to know that they're coming. In fact, they can go on there and tell us that they're coming, they can actually plan their visit with us. But here's what I would love for you to do I would love for every person in this room. I don't want you to take a hundred, I just want you to take three. How many of you will just take three this morning? Just take three. Just raise your hand. Just take three. Come on. You're committing in the house, Lord. It's okay. Don't use them as coasters. Pretty good coaster size. You'll take three, and here's what you'll do between now and Sunday. You don't have to beg people, you don't have to bribe them, do nothing. I just want you to give them out. Just three. Is it okay? Can we do that, Pastor? Come on. Raise your hand. If you'll just take three, they're in the south foyer on the table, they're in the north foyer. Right there by a sign. And we have thousands. If you run out out there, let, let us know. Let Sissy know. Let me know. We'll get you some more. Three people, their life could change because of what you just sung. If we believe that, and this is what I did get to. If we believe that, then he says, we now are ambassadors. In other words, we're ambassadors of the one who has saved us. And that's how we're going to go out into this world this week as ambassadors of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, our Savior, Jesus Christ. We love you and we thank God for you.
2: See, I have people that walk out of my life when they don't think that I am meeting their expectations. I want y'all to hear me now. I have people walk out when they don't think that I am meeting their expectations. But as pastor... I'm not called to walk out of people's life. I'm called to walk in to their life. But there are times that my flesh wants to walk out. And I have to remind myself, how many times has the Lord forgiven me? And the word says that if I don't forgive others, neither will he forgive me. So guess what? I have to keep praying, God, let your spirit in me help me to live out your word, because I can't live out God's word with willpower. I have to live it out through his strength. Some of you are feeling this morning, you're feeling You're feeling some weight of some things and you're concerned about me. And you know what I want to say to you? Thank you for that. I appreciate it. But you're like, Pastor, your purpose is to be preaching. Why aren't you preaching this morning? And you know what I want to say to a lot of you? God gifted you with purpose. Why aren't you doing what you're called to do? You feel the weight. I know you feel the weight of me right now and where I am at. I feel the weight of you and where you're at all the time. You're seeing a side in 12 years that you have never seen of me. And I'm just telling you that I saw my dad push a church and push a church and push a church until it depressed him. And I watched my dad sleep for four and five hours a day because he was trying to get a church to where it didn't want to go. And I told myself as a young teenage boy, I saw it. I recognized it. I said, God help me that I would not break my health trying to get a church where it doesn't want to go. And some of you are looking at me and you're asking, why aren't you fulfilling your purpose? What's wrong? How come you didn't preach this morning? And what I want to say to you in all the kindness of my spirit, what's wrong with you? Why aren't you doing your purpose? Why aren't you fulfilling what God wants you to do? Why do you come here expecting a show and instead of expecting a move and a demonstration of the Spirit? I'm going to just keep preaching it. It takes more than a one-man show to do what God wants to do. It takes more than Pastor Wayne preaching his best message every Sunday. It takes all of us together doing what God has purposed us to do you say pastor I don't know that I'm doing that so what do I need to do first of all we need to repent and ask God to help us because we cannot ladies and gentlemen fulfill what was preached to us through our purpose alone we've got to live it out through his strength Did that just make sense Unless you see yourself as He sees you, you can't do this. You have to see yourself as God sees you. He's equipped you. He's called you. He's given you purpose. And for you to keep telling yourself that you are nothing is really a slap in God's face because you are a child of God equipped for such a time as this. If God would have wanted the Apostle Paul, He would have brought him here to this day in this hour. But He wanted a Sister Jolene. And He wanted a Matthew. And He wanted a Kyla. He wanted an Abby, And He wanted a Marilyn. So that's why we're here. I'm not here, ladies and gentlemen, to build my kingdom not I'm here to try to build his kingdom but I can't take a people where they don't want to go no we don't have a prayer room here but guess what you can have a prayer room in your home I bring a man that is gifted And this church shuts down when I bring gifted men because many of you are afraid of the gifts of the Spirit you're afraid of being called out and somebody embarrassing you. I'm going to tell you the five-fold ministry is for the perfecting of the saints. I cannot perfect you by myself. I can't do it. That's why I bring others in because I can't do it by myself. I'm not not about to jump off the ledge. I'm not about to throw in the towel. I'm I'm not about to give up on ministry. But I know this. I can't do it by myself. I can't. I need every one of you to really search your heart and ask yourself the question, Am I living out my God-called purpose? Am I being this new creature in Christ? Or have I lost my first love? Because you can't, you can't, you can't do it without the Spirit of God living in you. Can I get a witness? I love you, but I want more than Q Church want life transformation and I'm going to tell you I love all of you and you're the core and you have stayed but I'm going to tell you how I feel this morning here's how I feel with all the love in me Kaylee come and do an excellent job every Sunday pastor preach us your best message so we can well we got a good message great worship so we can go home and we check off our list We've come to church. And brothers and sisters, it is so much more than good music and good preaching and checking off the list. That Pastor, just be better glad I made it this morning. It's much deeper than that. You know what? You know, you know what the scripture says? When you've done all the good, all the good you know, here's what the scripture says. It's just your reasonable service compared to what he's done for us. It's just our reasonable service. I want more than sin management in my life and in your life, I want life transformation. I want when people walk into this house that they feel the power of God doing for us what we cannot do for ourselves. I'm asking you one more thing. Please don't don't come up to me this morning. I I don't need sympathy. I don't need anybody coming up to me this morning. Pat me on the back. I don't need any of that. In fact, I don't want it. I ask you not to do it. What I need is for you to stand up. Work in that purpose. Be salt and light. And let's see this church help to bring change to this community through the power of God. Say, Pastor, wow, where are we going to put people? You know what? Let's let God worry about that. If we have to, we'll start two services. We'll do it. I know it'll be a weight on me and it'll be a weight on this team, but somehow God will give us grace. But I'm just telling you, y'all, if we're not in the last days, then please tell me when we're going to get there. There is such a spirit of hopelessness that is in this world that now is our time to rise and shine as never before to be salt and light in the world. I love all of you deeply. I love you dearly. But I'm going to just keep telling you I'm not about cute Church. My dad wasn't. I'm not. And I never will be. I want to see I want to see the kingdom of God what's the kingdom of God Jesus went about doing good healing all that were oppressed of the devil he came to seek and to save that which was lost and preach the gospel that's the kingdom of God Christ living in us the hope of glory Father, I just thank You for the Word today. I was challenged by Your Word again. Help me not to see who I am in my flesh, but help me to see who I am again, fresh and anew, through the power of the cross. And I pray for every sweet person, man and woman, boy and girl, under the sound of my voice, to arise, to fulfill their God-called purpose so that in this last day and hour, Lord, we will be more than cute church, but Lord, we will have a people who are dedicated to life transformation. Lord, to see a change in this community that only You can do. And we thank You for it. In the wonderful and all-powerful name of Jesus. And everybody say, Amen. Turn around to somebody and give some love away. Thank you for being in God's house.